Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Hallelujah. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you and praise you for an outpouring of your spirit. And even as we bring some natural things to the table today, I thank you that you created us body, soul, and spirit. And in the name of Jesus, I just declare and decree that you're bringing a supernatural revelation that you not just anoint me to speak, but Lord, you anoint every ear to hear. And I ask for the Holy Spirit to be the teacher right now in the name of Jesus to take the spiritual and the natural and the practical, bring them together so that it would have great impact in their life in Jesus' name. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love you guys so much. I'm so excited to stand here as Mama Melody and just uh, pour out my heart because everything inside of me wants to see not just what this house has become, a very safe place, but for every single person to see their value, see their worth, be able to look at their lives, lives through the lens of truth. And I want that from the babies that are now in the womb all the way to the oldest. This is a promise God wants us to have, right? So today, I'm going to talk about intentionally. Say intentional. Intentional. That means on purpose. That means a choice. That means I make a conscious choice, a deliberate choice, an intentional choice, what? To build a healthy mind. The condition of my mind, the condition of my thoughts, the condition of my emotional health is an intentional choice we make. And I'm not speaking as one who walked in this perfect emotional health. I was so messed up. You've heard my stories. My goodness. I was all that in a negative way in a bag of chips. I'm telling you, I was struggling. There was shame. There was fear. There were so many lies that I believed. But when we intentionally pursue the truth and the heart of God, we have the ability to build a healthy mind. In Philippians 2.5, it says, let this mind be in you. You notice it says let? That means We have to make the choice to allow God to work with us. We have to let the mind be in us that was also in Christ Jesus. He wouldn't tell us to do something if we did not have the power to do it, correct? And he said the same mind that was in Christ Jesus, we can intentionally build in our minds. We think, oh, that's impossible. I'll never be healed. I'll never be whole. I'll never look at things from a healthy perspective. That's a lie of the enemy because God says you can allow this to happen on the inside of you. I'm not saying that it's not going to take effort. I'm just saying that we hold that ability to walk in that. There isn't anything we cannot overcome. There isn't any battle we cannot win. There isn't any lie that truth will not drive out. There's not any emotion or attitude of hatred or anger or resentment or bitterness that love, perfect love, will not drive out. Let's look at God's best. And we see it in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, where it says, I pray your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord. Listen to this, another version. Now may God himself the God of peace. So he's saying, guys, I'm a God of peace. Every time there's fear, every time there's turmoil, every time there's harassment, 
and discouragement and anxiety and depression and all those things to try to grasp our mind. He says, listen, may God himself, the God of peace, make you pure. Purity means I function without fear. When there is no fear in me, then the decisions I make, the actions that I take are without fear. So therefore, there will be a purity of expression. If I'm walking in the fear of man, guess what? The things I do will be so convoluted, messed up. I'll be loving you to get you to love me. I'll say nice things to you to get something from you. I'll try to patronize you so you're good to me. And I have all these ulterior motives because I'm so afraid that you would not just love me for me. So I have to put on all these facades. No. God says, I'm going to make you pure, belonging only to him. May your whole self whole. W-H-O-L-E, complete. May your whole self, spirit, and let me tell you, the moment you receive Jesus and you ask Jesus to come and live on the inside of you, however you had an encounter to step into a place of salvation, you got a whole new spirit. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things were instantly new. Your spirit is pure. Who you are in God is so powerful. You are royalty. You are a son or daughter of the living God. That was done the moment you received Jesus. His blood washed you clean. And he made you a new creature. Whew, that's good right there. But he wants us to be whole also in our soul. Our spirit man, when we're saved, is born again. And it can't get any more pure than it is because the Holy Spirit dwells inside of me. But he said, I want your soul to be whole. I want your soul to be healed. The soul is our mind, which is our thoughts, right? It's our will, which is our choices, and it's our emotions. He said, I want your thinking, your thoughts, your mind to be pure, to be whole, to be free, to be without fear. I want your choices because if I'm thinking right, I'll do right. If I'm thinking in purity, then my actions will be in purity. So I want you to be whole in your thinking I want you to be whole in your choices. And what's mind, will, and did it say emotions? My emotions could actually be healthy and whole. That I won't make my decisions based upon an emotion. But I will be so whole that I will be aware of every negative emotion that wants to bombard me and hijack me and take me off course. No. I'm walking in a wholeness of thought and a wholeness of choice with that when my emotions go bananas, I say, uh-uh. I'm not making my choices by you. I feel what I feel. How do you not feel what you feel when you feel what you feel? Come on. We got feelings, don't we? And not every feeling we have is good. But the more we let this mind be in us that was also in Christ Jesus, when we can look at things through the thoughts and ways of heaven, and we do that grunt work to partner with him, guess what? We'll see that we have the ability and the power to speak to those emotions Good feeling emotions and negative feeling emotions. Because sometimes good feeling emotions can take us off track. You know, I'm so young and I'm so hot. Not hot this way, hot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, of course, any young man out there, you know, he can come and he'll flirt with me, you know. That might feel good. I'm joking with you now because I'm not young and hot. But 
They can come and say, do all kinds of things, and it can stir a lot of good feelings. But it does not line with truth. It does not line with health. It does not line with wholeness. In fact, it's going to take me off track. So whether it's a positive emotion or a negative emotion, I will not be controlled because I know the mind of Christ. It's formed within me. Wholeness means perfect, complete in all respects. So may your whole self, spirit, soul, and body, and I won't go into the body that much yet, but I will, be kept safe and without fault when our Lord Jesus Christ comes. I won't read the whole chapter, but Psalms 23, it says, Restore my, restore my soul. Restore my mind. Restore the things that all my choices got me off track on. Restore my emotions. Restore that part of me. And it means to recover, to deliver, to bring back. Restoration is about rescuing from error and returning to a rightful course. If my mind isn't thinking right, guess what? His love, his power, and his truth will restore me back to the rightful course. God rocks. He is so for us. Jesus, in every way, was tempted like you and me. He's not judging us. There was even a time in the garden when he said, not my will, but your will. That means he had a will that was different than God's will. But he chose God's will over his will. That means he had a mind. He had a choice to make. And there was a whole lot of emotions because his soul, his mind, will, and emotions were vexed. Do we think about Jesus being so tormented because he knew what he was going to face? But yet in the middle of that, he, and he never sinned. So just because we have a battle doesn't mean we're sinning. It just means we are very aware of what's going on in here. So I can make a conscious choice to submit my soul to his will. That's what causes me to return to the rightful course. So there was preaching. Now I'm going to give you a little bit of teaching, and then we'll go back to preaching if I ever get there, okay? But I want to talk to you, where do our thoughts come? Our thoughts are formed in our brain, right? Where do we make our choices from? Our brain. In fact, the frontal part of our brain is called the executive portion of our brain. That's our place of wisdom, and it's from that place that we can process information so we can make a good choice. That's where our emotions, whatever my thoughts, creates my emotions. So all that's being formed in the brain. So let's look at the brain. Our brain builds memory. How many of you got some memory of some crappy stuff? How many of you got some memory of some amazingly beautiful things? We build memory, right? Our brain has approximately one trillion, say one trillion, neuron connections. 70,000 branches can grow on each neuron. You think, Ah, a trillion? What's our nation? I don't know how many trillion it is in debt. So it doesn't seem like all that much, right? <laughs> but let me tell you, a trillion is a whole lot. Because if you take 60 seconds in a minute, it'll take 32,000 years to come up with one trillion seconds. <laughs> so when we look at ourselves as adults, having one trillion neuron connections from which 70,000 branches or dendrites, I'll explain what that is in a little bit, go from neuron to neuron. There is potentially three million years worth of memory in our brain. That's why women can remember everything. Actually, in our house, dearest, you remember a whole lot more than me. He'll say something. They go, really? And he goes, don't you remember that? I go, no. <laughs> I've got my mind on really important stuff. Okay. <laughs> Do you realize in one cubic centimeter, that's not very big, one cubic centimeter of brain tissue, there are more neuron connections than there are stars in the Milky Way galaxy. 
don't tell me you're not amazing. Don't tell me you don't have the ability to think. Don't tell me you can't control your mind. This is your mind. It's an amazing, amazing thing. The next is some pictures I want to show you. The, a picture on the right is literally a brain scan where you can see the neuron. The neuron is like a trunk of a tree. And then every thought I think, the thoughts are the branches. And they grow from neuron to neuron. And you get this amazing network. And you can see it there. And the other side is an artist's rendition. But even if you look at the artist's rendition, you see that neuron, that little trunk at the bottom? There is not 70,000 lines on that thing. See, the more you think on something, the denser the memory becomes, and we have automatic patterns of thought. You experience something over and over, and you think about it over and over and over. And if something like that similarly happens in the future, immediately you have an automatic pattern of thought. We've got something called muscle memory. Did you ever hear that? Did you ever drive down the road or you're driving home from work? And you get home and you go, hmm, I don't even remember passing these places. Did you ever do that? Why? It was muscle memory. What was, very what was very conscious choices you made over and over and over and over again, soon you're doing it automatically. Why? Because that memory was built. You think on a lie long enough, it'll be truth to you. That's profound right there. Did you guys hear me? You think on a lie long enough to you, it'll become true. And if somebody presents truth, you will argue with them. You will fight with them. You'll try to prove your right to believe a lie. Men were not a positive force in my life. I didn't have my dad. I don't remember him. My brothers were big brothers that picked on me all the time. And you know my story of sexual abuse and all that kind of stuff. So as I began to live my life with this negative fear-based memory of all this stuff, all I had to do is see a man. And my automatic pattern of thought was, yeah! <laughs> you know, I was like, get him. You ask Stephen, he remembers me back in those days. I would flirt with the guy so they make a pass at me so I could punch him. I broke a couple noses in my day and enjoyed every minute of it. See, you get new stories every time I preach, right? I'll tell you, there weren't a lot of men that messed with Melody. Seriously. I was in karate. I could beat up the girls. That was no fun. Give me a guy. Give me a big, strong guy. And even if they could beat me, man, I went down fighting. I want to tell a story, but I don't have time. Those were automatic patterns of thought. The source were actual events. But what happened in my brain was not reality. Not all men were as those men. Now I become a champion of men because my mind has been renewed because I know the truth and the truth has made me free. Now I can be a champion because truth is an established memory in my neural memory. That's where we want to go. That's what renewing the mind is. So in the physical brain, the neurons with all those branches, those branches are called the magic trees of the brain. That's where all the memory is stored. Listen to this. From conception, say conception. The moment a baby is conceived in the womb, all, all, say all, 
All information, experiences, emotions, thoughts, imaginations build branches in the cerebral, that's the outer cortex of your brain, cerebral cortex of the brain. Every thought, listen to this, guys, every thought you accept grows a branch. So someone comes up to me and they say, Melody, you're no good. I go, I reject that. Bless their darling hearts. Melody, you're just a big mouth. Bless their darling hearts. I have to allow God to judge the thoughts and the intents of my heart, right? Somebody gossips about me. Bless their hearts. They must be really struggling. They're gossiping because they don't like themselves, so they have to put somebody else down. And I get it. I understand it. So I'm not going to get angry about it, but I'm not going to accept it. But... Every thought I accept, whether it's lie or truth, whether it's good or bad, whether it's healthy or unhealthy, every thought I accept grows a branch. Dr. Carolyn Leaf, many of you might know who she is. She's a, a neuroscientist and a believer. She says, every time you have a thought, it is actively changing your brain and your body for better or for worse. Guys, rehearsing over and over and over and over what someone said, what someone did, a failure you had, a disappointment you had, a betrayal you experienced, and rehearsing that over and over and over. Every thought I have, and you know what? You can have 30-some thousand thoughts in a very short amount of time. Every one thirty second of a second, you can have a thought. We'll all have them. But if I rehearse them, then they become automatic patterns of thought. They become a part of my memory. And if it's truth, if it's godly, if it's good, if it's uh, the, seeing the worth of your identity and your purpose and the amazing gifts you hold and seeing who you are in God and you rehearse that, oh, that's why it says in the word, think, think. Think on those things that are good and pure and perfect and lovely and of good report. Think on these things. He's telling us what to think on because that will establish healthy memory inside of us. Because every thought I accept builds memory. So there's two type of memory, which you've probably already caught on by now. One is unhealthy memory. The other is healthy memory. Unhealthy memory is negative, it's toxic, it's fear-based. Warping means perverting our thoughts. And those negative fear-based memories show up in our brain. As they're growing in our brain, there's little thorns on those neuron memory. Little thorns. You ever? Roses are beautiful, aren't they? But do you ever touch one of those thorns? Guess what? We think on the negative fear-based toxic memory we feed on offense. We feed on anything that is contrary to truth. When that memory grows, it's going to be covered in thorns. Healthy memory is positive, hope-filled, faith-filled branches. Our physical brains and bodies are wired to be loved and valued. Our God created us. The God of love created us. And we were created in his image. So that means we were created in love. So anything that's an affront to love is going to mess us up if we think on that. Stephen, he doesn't do this, but Stephen throws his dirty underwear on the floor and I got to go pick it up and I just spend the whole day just so angry at him because I had to pick up his dirty underwear. Man, he's just using me. He's taking advantage of me. Why do I got to do all the work? And I spend all day long like that. I am hurting myself. He doesn't even know what's going on. And I'm ready to rip him up. And he goes, what did I do? Then I give him a piece of my mind. You know, we need to give people a piece of our mind, P-E-A-C-E. 
For every impulse you select, every thought you choose. Say, I'm the one who chooses my thoughts. Say it. I'm the one who chooses my thoughts. For every impulse you select, every thought you choose to think on, meditate on, you grow a branch. That is the maturity aspect, and they, the branches, grow for the rest of your life. I'm over 40, but the branches are still growing. I'm over 60, bless my heart, but the branches are still growing. I'm stepping into another certification that's going to take me to probably the beginning of next year to get done. And it's not simple stuff, but I'm all excited because it's not just getting a certification, it's using my mind for that which is healthy, growing, advancing, and increasing. Never stop learning. Never stop growing in God. You fill yourself in the word of God. We love encounters. We love when God shows up in his presence, fills this place. We got Holy Ghost goosebumps, and that's so much fun. But if we don't feed on truth, those Holy Ghost goosebumps will not carry us. But truth, truth will strengthen us. Our roots will go deep down into truth. Romans 8, 6, and 7. Am I preaching too hard? I feel like this strong, assertive thing going on here. (laughs) Romans 8, 6, and 7 in the NIV. It says, the mind of sinful man is death. I could be saved and have a mind filled with fear that's toxic. And then I say, God, do something. He said, let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. God, fix this like instantly. Let this mind be in you. You know, if you do everything for your kids, they'll never learn to do something for themselves. God says, I want you to learn to develop and develop that discipline to submit your thoughts to mine, to submit your ways to mine. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind, I love this, controlled by the spirit, which means spiritually minded. But when our mind is spiritually minded, guys, the spirit of God dwells in you. It is more natural for you and I to be spiritually minded than it is to be carnally minded. Because the fact is, the moment I do the right thing, there's a supernatural peace that floods me from the top of my head to the soles to the tip of my toes. Reuben says something to me, and I love him in return. He might be miserable, but I'm loving life. That's why the Bible says turn the other cheek. It doesn't mean you're supposed to put up with being abused. It just means don't retaliate. Don't become like the one who offended you. But those who are spiritually minded is life and peace. Life and peace. The sinful man is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. It doesn't submit to truth, nor can it do so. Now, I'm so excited about this part because we have have new babies, and we have more babies coming. All right, I'm so excited about this. Listen to this. Now, you just heard about an adult brain. Listen to this. An infant's brain begins to form just three weeks after conception. During this time, during that three weeks, trillions, plural, we talk about having one trillion. Babies in the womb have trillions of neurons are produced reaching a lifetime high before birth. They have three to four times more neural connections before they're born than we have as an adult. Why? They need all that. 
to not just grow, but you think how fast babies grow. You know, it's like a week or two and they start smiling at you. And everyone says it's gas, but you know it's not. <laughs> They're responding. That's why we do what we do in our nursery. When you pick up a little baby and you begin to speak the word of God over them and you see how they respond, there is no way you're going to convince me that they aren't connected to that which is of the spirit and they are absorbing that truth. Isn't that true? Loretta, you've been in there and you've watched them. We've seen children that came into the nursery. There was a, I got to be careful with stories. Oh, I got time. Maybe. But there was a, a gal, she was a barmaid in Elizabethville. And someone in the church, she had a little two-year-old boy, and that little boy didn't talk. He was like underdeveloped. And someone in the church says, I'm going to take him to church. And I'm going to put him in that nursery because they wanted him ministered to. The second week it was here, he began to speak. Why? Because that little child began to have truth invested into him. It began, he take it, he received it, he absor absorbed it, and it had positive impact on his neural memory, and it, brought, it broke off the things that were hindering him from fear. Who, was there anyone working in the nursery during that time that remember that story? Anybody here that was in there at that time? Laura. So I'm not giving you a line of baloney. This is true. That woman, she went to move away. And when she went to move away, and of course her little one went with her, she sent the church a letter. Never walked through the doors of our church. But she sent a letter saying, thank you so much for what you have done for my little boy. Because she saw the transformation in him. Why? Because he was loved, he was valued, he was invested into. There was truth being woven into his neural networking the whole time he was back there. I don't know how many years ago, maybe 15 years ago, we were in a restaurant. And the waitress came up and she goes, Pastor Steve, Pastor Melody? said, do you remember me? And of course, we didn't. And then she said her name, and we go, yes! Because the last time we saw her, she was a baby in the nursery, toddler. She, she was probably about three years old when her family left, and she had a very, very, very troubled family life. I mean, I won't even go into it because it's recorded for the world to see, but a very troubled life. But she remembered in detail being in that nursery, being invested into her, how she felt. And she loved us. And she loved this house because here she was, a teenager working, remembering the first three years of her life. To this day, she either contacts me via Facebook, but I always get like a Christmas card and different things, and just says, thank you for all you've done, as she's put pictures of her kids in the Christmas card. We go, oh, our kids don't know. We're throwing fit, we're yelling, we're screaming at each other. Oh, they don't realize they're just babies. They don't know. Yes, they know. In fact, in utero, they know. So during this time, trillions of neurons are produced, reaching a lifetime high before birth. Synapse, which are those branches, connections between cells in the brain are rapidly developed with memory beginning at four months in utero. I wish Brianna was in here because Brianna's like five months along. Is that right? She's five months along. So for the last month... That baby in her womb is building memory from external things. She's hearing mommy and daddy talking. She's hearing the conversations around the table. I'll tell you, buddy, you grab a hold of that wife's belly and you begin to speak to that little one and tell him. Oh, it is. You know, it's a boy, right? And we got name and everything. You tell him 
how he was loved and planned and purposed by God, and you are so happy to be his daddy. Oh, I'm telling you, you pour it on. You bring the truth because that little baby at four months begin to absorb that, and it literally is building neural memory. You speak the word of God and truth over that baby, and it's going to build the word of God, which endures forever. This vital stage of life provides, listen to this, proves scientifically to be the foundation, foundational launching point for a human being's entire life. I'm not being critical of anywhere. I'm just telling you. We throw the kids in and say, go play, go play, and just let them do whatever they want to do. And we think we're doing something nice because we're keeping them out of the church service so they don't make noise. No. Our church began with the children, with the babies. They have been our priority because that is our window of opportunity. I didn't have the science 40 years ago, but I had a thus saith the Lord that says, I want you to teach the babies the uncompromised word of God. You're not to have any toys in the nursery. Now we have some, but they're just object lessons. They don't play. I want you to teach them the uncompromised word. And I thought, that sounds crazy. But I knew I heard God, and we did it. And then lo and behold, 20 years later, neuroscience come out giving us all this information. How many of you love Katie? She grew up in our nursery. How many of you like all the Stansfields girls? Okay. <laughs> Deborah, she grew up. Yeah, she did. She sure did. Grew up in the nursery. Travis, he's getting ready to leave us and go to South Carolina. We have to make sure we pray for you before you go. Uh, he came when he was five. He was an older toddler. Still loves God. 31 years later, so that means he's 36, right? Okay, boy, you're almost as old as me, right? Okay. <laughs> what we do... In that nursery, what we do in children's church, it is not babysitting. There is a call. There is an ordination. Listen, we must be responsible. If you're a part of this house, we have to be responsible to our babies as well as our adults. That baby holds as much value as any adult. Well, they don't give any tithe. <laughs> if we do what we do because of that, we are in bad shape. We are here to obey God, and you have to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, right? Now, this is about crawling time. Why am I doing this? See, we've got to realize, yeah, guess who that is? Do you see who that is? That's Aiden. Aiden, look at him with his mem. He's so cute. I had to get a picture of him in there because I knew he'd probably be out here. You know what? One of the biggest thrills for me as a grandma is to be able to value and speak in to my grandkids. To tell them what God says about them. Have they done some crazy things that kids do? Of course. Oh, can I say a Mama Melody corrective thing? Don't you ever tell your children that they are bad. They are not bad. They might do some bad stuff. So we correct the bad stuff. But we say... Now, I know you, Reuben. You are a good boy. Jesus loves you. Mommy and Daddy loves you. So good boys don't throw fits like that. 
And if you keep on throwing it, there might have to be a swat or, you know, maybe time out or whatever you do. I don't want to get you in trouble with the law, you know, but whatever. There's a consequence for actions. But we have to speak value into our children as parents, as grandparents, as great-grandparents. I mean, you guys are younger than us, and you have great-grandkids. How does that happen? And you don't have to go fast at all, Aiden. Just take your years, okay? (laughs) We have this amazing opportunity to be those voices, to love in the midst of all the difficulty that there is with having children. Come on, guys. I know you never have to get up in the middle of the night, guys, right? Never. No. Brandon, <laughs> Brandon don't, but Anna does. Okay. <laughs> but I'll tell you, whenever you hold them in your arms, you use it as an opportunity to declare and decree the truth. And the fact that they're in the house with you, guard your conversations. Mommy, I wasn't planning to get real pastoral here, but mommy and daddy fighting does not bring security to a child. Mommy and daddy fighting, heated discussions, anger, rage, resentment, any of those things, it's feeding into our children's minds. Let's look at crawling time. Healthy individualization and separation, a process where a baby gains a personal identity and learns independence, all begins around crawling time. So when a baby starts to crawl, they begin to have an understanding, I'm separate from my mama. I'm a unique individual. You know what we do back in that nursery? We invest into their identity their value, and their purpose. We speak into identity because the fact is every battle I had in my life is because I could not see my personal value and my personal worth. My identity was all messed up. You heard my shame teaching. What's shame? It's a false identity. Where did that come from? Not just the big traumatic things, but all the little things. I love my brothers. I have nothing against them. But, you know, Melody, you're short, you're fat, you're flat, you're ugly. You know, I mean, they just teased me. I was just the little sister that got picked on all the time. They were just having fun. They didn't do it to be mean. But the fact is, I grew up, and it didn't matter how thin I was. I always felt fat, flat, and ugly until I had revelation, and God began to heal me of shame. Now, I'm young and hot, right? Okay. Now, <laughs> yeah, I know he thinks I am, right? Well, if, well, I won't say that. <laughs> if I'm all dressed up. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, I passed the hot, hey, no more hot flashes for all you who are in it. Hallelujah. I've been redeemed. All right. Uh, That shows how old I am, right? That trust is the solid foundation to a healthy life. Recognize you can speak identity that'll lay a foundation It took me years to begin to see my value. It took revelation from the Spirit of God to cause me to begin to see my value. I want our children not to have that same battle. There is so much power in a child being able to trust so that there's safety. Think about it. We are not perfect people in this house, but we are a safe house. Is there anybody here that feels like they have to be perfect to be loved? If you are, man, we'll pray for you. We'll go hug you right now. All right? (laughs) You don't have to be perfect to be loved, and neither do our children. They're a work in progress. Come on, guys. They need to be able to trust those in their life. 
And the more, do you know what? The more trusted people that are around your children, the healthier they will be. The more there is to love on them, the healthier they will be. Let's look at the first three years. Why am I doing this? Because I'm telling you the way it's supposed to be. And for many of us, it wasn't that way. Isn't that right? So I'll get back to us in a moment. The first three years, these are foundational years. And we want to make sure our babies and our toddlers are getting inundated with truth. The experiences, interactions, social connections, and words received during this once-in-a-lifetime developmental stage, that's the first three years of their life, build the framework for a child's future. What happens in that first three years? A child's intellect is being developed. I'll tell you, nothing is going to make you sharper, healthier, and stronger than the Word of God. And so often, no condemnation, guys. I get it, I get it, I get it. We use electronics to entertain them so we can get a break from them. And if it's every once in a while, it's okay. But if that's where they're living, that is what is filling their neural networking. Hey, if you can get some electronics that the word of God's on, it's kids' stuff, whether it's truth or whatever, that's great. But we want their intellect being developed from truth. 75% of their personality is developed. What that means, they learn within the first three years of life what I got to do to meet my needs. This is how I'm going to get mom and dad to love me. This is how I'm going to get grandma and grandpa to love me. And, you know, they'll adapt themselves to ultimately get their needs met. And they carry that with them throughout their life. Listen to this. This is all in the first three years, guys. And so should we or should we not as a church make sure we are investing as much into our little ones as we are you? If that's the foundational years of a person's life, we need to take the moral and ethical and biblical and pastoral responsibility to invest into them. Habitual thought patterns are created and identity. The foundation of their very identity is in that first three years. Emotional health and the ability to trust are being formed in those first three years. I love this next one. In this same time, an accumulating volume of research demonstrates memory in the first years of life and in the prenatal, within the womb, period as well. Early memory and learning are real. This is real. It's scientifically proven. Look at that picture up there. You know what that picture is? Because whether or not you realize just me talking right now, if you're listening to me, it's like fireworks going off in your brain. There are, there are these neural me memory being lit up, and as you're taking and listening and receiving, not in condemnation, not in fear, none of that stuff. This is teaching. It's not making us feel bad. Say, well, man, I did this and I did that. Well, repent and change. You know how long it takes to do something different? A moment. Just a moment. Just ask Rebecca and Joel. I was a very perfectionistic mom. They could have one toy out at a time. And then we're done, they had to put that away. Their rooms had to be spotless. I'm talking about a two-year-old, a three-year-old, a four-year-old. I was Miss Perfectionism. They were preacher's kids, and they had to perform perfectly because they already didn't like me because I was a woman in ministry. And if, if they can't get to you, let's get to their kids. Oh, I would like to just tell you some stories of what our kids went through when they were little. Boy, if I would know now what I knew then. <laughs> Pardon? Oh, did I say it the wrong way? If what I know now, I knew then. I would not been fearful of the faces of man. 
<laughs> but what happens when we're hearing things, it's like fireworks, electromagnetic light impulses. Anytime you hear something, you learn something, you rehearse it, it's electromagnetic light impulses that build that memory. Look at this. A mama, this is all a scan, a mama is kissing the forehead of her baby. The mama is doing the action. And it is literally activating neural memory in her and in her baby at the exact same time. Loretta, come up here. I love Loretta. <laughs> Do you know what? There's fireworks going off in our brains. Every time you hug and say, I love you, Dan, there's fireworks going off in both your brains. Say, hey, baby, you want to make some fireworks tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Did I say that? <laughs> and you were thinking it. <laughs> but think about that. We have the ability to love and value one another, and you can feel it. Can't you tell? When you are genuinely and authentically loved and valued, you can feel it. And it's affecting you to your neural memory. And do you know what? It'll affect every aspect of your physical body. Every thought you have impacts you all the way down to every DNA strand on your body. A little bit of science here. On the head of a pin, you could put three human cells. In every human cell, there are three million DNA strands. So on the head of a pin, there are 30 million DNA strands. And every thought you think affects every DNA strand in your entire body. If they are founded on life and truth and hope and health, how does that affect the body? If they're founded upon fear and shame and all kinds of other things that are negative, how does that affect my body? I'm going to ask Ashley because I'm sure I know how she's going to answer. Have you ever been hurt so deeply that it physically hurt? Did you almost ever feel like a knife being stabbed inside of you because you hurt so badly? That's because it caused such trauma that affected every cell in your body and you could feel it. It activates those thorns on the fear-based memory. And those thorns will cause pain. Why does the Bible say, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it? I'm picking on Aiden this morning. But he'll be 15 soon. My, the kid who made me a grandma is going to be 15 soon. Would I embarrass you to call you up? Okay, come on. <laughs> Whether it's preacher's kid or grandparents, preacher kids. And I got my high heels. I did it so I wouldn't look too short. When he is old, you will not depart. He carries a conviction that you have no problem bringing correction with truth, do you? <laughs> he even communicated when Pap sings secular songs. He's not real thrilled about that in church. Isn't that right? <laughs> yeah. We won't go to the rest of it, but guess what? From the time he was in his mother's womb, truth has been implanted. And you know, he is the only one that can make choices for his future. 
But as long as you will let me, I'm going to value you and invest into you and speak truth to you. I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to give myself to you. Come on. Every human being needs this. I love you. I love you too. He said it publicly. <laughs> and when he's old, he won't depart from it. Say, well, I haven't done it perfectly. Neither did we. Correct? Stephen had his thorn trees in his brain. I had the thorn trees in mine. And we parented as parents with a forest of thorn trees. But God. So is it too late for us as adults to change the way we think? Absolutely not. Science calls it neuroplasticity. A simple scientific fact is that our brains and our DNA are constantly changing. The amazing thing is that we have the ability to direct that change for good. Do not have any condemnation. Do not feel bad. Do not feel condemned. Don't even worry about the past. See, when things come to the light, let light shine on it so we can walk differently in the future, right? Truth brings us freedom. The brain is constantly changing, unlearning and learning. And you, say me, you have the power to make it change the way you want it to change. Guys, do you want this for you? Do you want this for your children? Do you want this for every person you come into contact with? Yes. In Romans 12, 2, in the Passion, it says, Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Who cares what Dr. Phil says? I'm not against Dr. Phil. I'm just, or Oprah, or anybody else, yeah. Stop imitating the ideals. If it doesn't line up with the word of God, throw it out, right? Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed, inwardly. I got to work on me inside and when I work on my inside, my soul and my spirit, then my external will change. When I began my healing journey, it was a year and a half where I, it took a year and a half till I felt at least a little bit normal. And guess what? I'm still a work in progress. But I went better than I was five years ago. And five years from now, I'll be better than I am today. Because we are inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. That's in the Bible. This will empower you to discern God's will. See, the more healthy I am here in my soul and in my mind and in my choices and in my emotions, guess what? I will be more in tune to hear and obey the voice of God. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. I got to do this really fast. Every man can, and you can see the references up there. Every man can, if he so desires, become the sculptor of his own brain. Listen to this. Oh, this is going to take me years. After 21 days, say 21 days. After 21 days, you can change the whole circuitry of your brain. How long does it take to develop a habit? 21 days. If I think on truth, just take one truth at a time, one scripture, one revelation, one something, and feed on that for 21 days, it'll begin to change the neural networking of your brain. Listen to this, after 63 days, just another 42 days, then the 21, you can develop new automatic patterns of thought. You know, we use the term, oh, they pushed my button. Well, you know what? After 63 days of rehearsing truth and life and feeding on that, 
They come along and do the exact same thing. Bless their hearts. What they did isn't good. What they said is not good. But it's not going to control me. Okay, the next slide. This is so good. These are pictures of the brain. And the one on your right, you can see. Remember those fireworks I talked about? When you're thinking and communicating and feeding on things, you've got this fireworks going on, auto, um, electromagnetic light impulses. That's what that is. It's literally light impulses in your brain. It kind of fits Tracy's message about being light, right? The light's off in your brain. The one on the left, I'm going to read this. These pictures are in the region of the brain and of the cells that we currently believe form our working memory. That's the one on the right. These neurons are responding to a signal or a thought. Every signal, a thought is a signal, that makes them express a protein which turns them yellow. The one on the left where the arrow, you see it looks almost white. The far right neuron has received a very strong signal. So much yellow protein is being made that the neuron looks almost white. Likely, it is rewriting its instructions to create a new and stronger memory. We talk about rewriting the narrative. There was a narrative of my childhood. There was a narrative of my teen years. But guess what? I've gotten to write a new narrative. How has that happened? by very strong thoughts that align with truth. God's word is spirit and it is life, correct? Every encounter you have with God, every defining moment, every time you experience the presence of God, if you take that, absorb it, and think on that, and process that, and allow that to become a part of you, it is literally releasing a protein that tells that neuron, mm -mm, I'm rewriting your instructions. That might have been the way you were, but that's not who you are. And guess what? Let me show you who you are. You are not weak, you are strong. You are not fearful, you're full of love. You aren't judgmental and critical. No, because mercy triumphs over judgment, right? Quickly, second, I have to give you some scriptures now, right? For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It's not according to the flesh. But they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. What is a stronghold? It's a stronghold, right? Anything in which one relies upon arguments and reasoning to support opinion. Remember, I believe that lie so long, I fight to keep my lie. So we have to cast down imaginations, reasoning that is hostile to the Christian faith, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Anything I think that's contrary to the word of God, I must stop and correct myself. Don't give yourself an excuse for thinking on a lie. Do not give yourself the pleasure a feeding on offense over and over and over and over. Because guess what? The feeding on the offense is harming you more than the offense. Did you hear what I said? Am I going to let the abusers of my past control me 50-some years later? Come on. Am I going to give the past injustice power over my present? No. Anything that's against the knowledge of God and bring it into captivity. It means to capture one's mind, capture every thought, mental perception, purpose to the obedience to the, of Christ. See, the information you put in your brain will cause it to be healthier and healthy. I love this. Beloved, once again. I wish above all things. What does he want above all things? That you may prosper and be in health, body, soul, and spirit, even as your mind, will, choices, emotions prosper. When this prospers, 
you'll see prosperity externally. Blessed is the man that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Blessed means empowered to succeed. He doesn't stand in the way of sinners. He doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in the law or the truth of the word of God, he meditates day and night. It's not about religious rules. It's about us taking authority over our thoughts, over our choices. And he shall be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in a season. See, God's telling us these things so that we can prosper, so that we can love life, so our marriages can show the world what it looks like to be a Christian. Because we are a type of Christ in the church, right? That brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatever, say whatever. whatever. Not whatever. <laughs> but whatever he does shall prosper. Oh my gosh. What I put my hands to will prosper because my hand is responding, is acting in response to a healthy way of thinking. Albert Einstein said, the world we have created is a product of our thinking. It cannot be changed without changing our thinking. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for each one. Lord, we thank you for our babies, the ones that are here, the ones that are coming, our toddlers, those in children's church, the youth age. Lord, we pray for them all right now. And we make a decision that we will love and model the way. And no matter what they say, no matter what they do, no matter what they battle with throughout their life, we're going to choose to see what God says about them. Lord, I'm so thankful you did not judge me based upon what I did, but you judged me based upon who you called me to be. And Lord, I just pray for every person in the sound of my voice. And I just pray by hearing the word and even hearing the science that there will be a courage rising inside of them. There will be a motivation rising inside of them that they would walk in health and healing and wholeness step by step, line upon line, moment by moment. And when they mess up, they'll just get back up and keep on going. Lord, I just thank you and praise you that you're giving a supernatural ability for us to align ourselves with your heart and with your truth. I bless each one right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father.